Today, as we look at the Afterlife series, I want to talk to you. We're in week four of, week five, of a five-week series, and I want to talk to you about Judgment Day. Judgment Day. No matter where you are in your spiritual journey, I realize that people are all over the map in this place today and at Midwest City and joining us online around the world. And no matter where you are, you have had questions about heaven, about hell, about the afterlife. As I have said from the onset of this series, I don't know everything there is, or nor do I understand everything about the afterlife. But I do know that the Bible teaches that this life isn't it. The human soul is not disposable. Human beings face an eternal destination. The Bible says that Jesus, the Son of God, was born through a virgin Mary, and he lived a perfect and sinless life. He died on the cross of Calvary for humanity's sins, and not only did he die, but he was raised from the dead three days later, and today he sits at the right hand of the Father. He has defeated death, hell, and the grave. And the Bible says this Jesus who sits at the right hand of the Father is coming back for his church. We, we talked about this in week one and week two, that Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. The signs of when Jesus is coming, we, we unpacked this. And when Jesus returns, all of humanity will enter heaven's courtroom and face judgment. And we will either experience indescribable joy or unspeakable loss. On Judgment Day, there will be two judgments that I clearly see in the Scriptures. We see the judgment seat of Christ. We talked about this last week. I encourage you to get online, to watch the message for free, download it on your iPod, absolutely free. And we talked about how God just doesn't want us to go to heaven, but God wants to give us rewards. And there, are, there is a Christian judgment that believers will be judged, and we will be rewarded according to what we have done here on earth. It's, it's called the judgment seat of Christ. And there's a second judgment the Bible talks about, the great white throne judgment. And this is the unbeliever's judgment. And I want us to look at the Scriptures today. In Revelations chapter 20, we're going to pick up reading in verse number 11. Scripture records, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. And books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead and that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. Notice that terminology, the lake of fire, or to what we refer to or many refer to as hell. The lake of fire, Scripture goes on to say, is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire, the book of life. If you're new to church, new to Christianity, 
not, not even a believer, you don't even know, I don't know about this whole Christianity thing. First of all, glad you're here. So glad you're at People's Church. And the book of life, when the Bible talks about that, this book, every person who's trusted in Jesus Christ, the Bible says their name has been recorded in the book of life. God, God keeps track of every person who believes in the Lord Jesus. And it says, if your name is not in the book of life, they were, were thrown into the lake of fire. And the scripture goes on and gives us more insight about this lake of fire and who went to, the, who was thrown into the lake of fire. And Revelation 21, verse 8, it says, but cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and, and all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. And that word sulfur is just interchangeable with the word fire referring to the same place. It says, this is the second death. Now, I don't want you to get caught up in that list because that list is not exhaustive. What the scripture is communicating is if you haven't trusted Jesus Christ, and we've all sinned, I've sinned, you've sinned, we've all fallen short of God's glory, whether that is lying or immorality or cheating or pride, whatever it may be, and our sin separates us from, from God. And the Bible says that, that, that sin, that, that sin being separated from God, not trusting in Jesus and our name not being written in the Lamb's book of life, that if that is the case for people, their fate is the fiery lake of burning sulfur. What I want to do today is I want to answer three questions about hell. Three questions. Whether you're a believer today or you don't really believe in God, we've all asked these questions and these thoughts have rolled through our minds. And the first question is this, does a loving God send people to hell? Does a loving God send people to hell? And I want to answer this question by beginning with what John Ortberg calls the Aunt, Aunt Edna objection. Maybe for you it's Aunt Sarah or Aunt Rosa or whatever your aunt may be, but Aunt Edna was a nice lady. She was an older lady and she was kind. She baked cookies for everyone. She never hurt anyone. She was a kind lady. She didn't really believe in God. She didn't believe in the Bible. She didn't do church. I mean, she just didn't believe in that. But she was a nice lady. What about her? What about this lady? I mean, I believe in, in God, and, 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 and it, the God I believe in is, is a God of love, and he would never send a lady like this, this kind elderly lady. He would never send her to hell. But perhaps there's a side of the story that we didn't see. When Edna was young, from time to time, her parents would take her to church. Oh, they didn't go regularly. They would show up maybe at a Christmas Eve service or from time to time show up at an Easter service. And even throughout her teenage years, from time to time, she would show up at a special event at church for Christmas or Easter, some event. And, and God would 
would speak to Edna. He would talk to her through that service. And Edna would just, she would close the door of her heart. She would reject what God was trying to do in her life. As Edna was living her life, she saw the ocean. She saw the mountains. She saw the leaves turn colors in the fall. She saw the flowers bloom in the spring. She heard the chirping of the birds. She would look at the sky and see the beautiful stars or the gorgeous sunset. And God would speak to Edna through his creation. And even through creation, God was speaking to Edna. But Edna would just close the door of her heart. And she rejected what God was trying to do. Edna, like, like you and me, she wasn't perfect. Though she was kind and she was nice, Edna, like all of us, she had areas in her life and things that she had done in her past that she didn't want anybody to know. Well, she was nice and she baked cookies, but, but she, was, she was far from perfect. And when Edna sinned, God would convict her. She, she, she knew in her consciousness that this, this is not right. I, should, I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't have treated a person this way. And God would convict her. And Edna, when God was convicting, would just close the door of her heart. As Edna was growing up, from time to time, she would show up at funerals as her family members would pass away when she was a girl and even her teenage years and into her adult years, she would attend a funeral from time to time. And as she got older, she would go to funerals and God, God would whisper to Edna. And she was realizing her own mortality. She was realizing my, my body is breaking down and it's not functioning like it used to function. And she realized, I'm not going to continue to live on this earth forever. It was hitting her. I'm not in my 20s anymore. And God would whisper to Edna, Edna, I love you. I love you. And Edna would close the door to her heart. She had closed the door to her heart many times. She gets to the end of her life, and Edna has said no to God. A thousand times. All Edna has ever wanted was to be left alone by God. God doesn't send Aunt Edna to hell. She sends herself. People choose to go to hell. They choose to close the door of their heart to God who tries to speak in so many ways. And God just gives people exactly what they want. He gives people exactly what they choose. Life without God. The, the Bible says this. I want you just to see how God will just, will just give a person what they desire. 
what they choose. Romans chapter 1 and verse 21 says, For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, notice this, notice this. Therefore, God gave them over in their sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Amen. Verse 26, because of this, notice this, God gave them over to shameful lust. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with, with each other and received the, themselves the due penalty for their perversion. Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, notice these words, he gave them over to a depraved mind, to do what ought not to be done. I want us to notice how the Bible points out, Midwest City, those joining us in the line, dial in here, dial in. The Bible points out that God gave them over. God gave them over. In other words, if you really want to live outside of God's will, outside of God's knowledge, outside of God's presence, God will let you. It's, it's called free will. It's called the power to make your own choices. And God won't force you to be in his presence. He's a God of love. He wants you to spend eternity in his presence. But God will give you over to whatever you desire. God doesn't send people to hell. People choose hell. They, they choose Life without God. I think C.S. Lewis said it best. He said, the doors of hell are locked from the inside. God doesn't send people to hell. People close the door of their heart. And there's no doorknob on the outside. The doorknob's on the inside. And people choose to lock out There's a second question that, that many ask, and it's a valid question. People ask, what is hell like? What, what is hell like? And I want to answer this question by beginning with, with heaven. What makes heaven, heaven? I mean, I, I'm honest with you. I don't understand everything about heaven, just like I don't understand everything about hell. I don't, I don't understand all there is about heaven. I mean, we're going to talk about heaven next week. Don't, don't understand everything about heaven. The Bible says we'll have transformed bodies. Awesome. Awesome. I don't know exactly what that's going to be like, but we'll have transformed bodies. The Bible says we, that, 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 that we'll have streets of gold. Are those literal streets of gold? I don't know, but it sounds cool to me. I mean, walking on streets of gold? Sounds awesome. Will we have a literal mansion that we live in? 
I, I don't know. Sounds awesome. If I have my mansion, come on, I want it three stories plus a basement. I mean, come on, a big mansion? It, well, is it literal? I, I don't know. Is there a bathroom on every floor of the mansion? Heaven? Come on, come on, it's heaven. I don't want to walk downstairs to go to the bathroom. Come on, you know, it's heaven. Bathroom on every floor. Will we do number one and number two in heaven? If you don't know what I'm talking about, ask your neighbor. It's heaven. Will number two stink? It's come on, it can't stink. It's heaven. It's heaven. It's heaven. What makes heaven heaven? The Bible tells us in Revelation 21, in verse number one, it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God, notice this, of God is with men. God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself, I like that, God himself will be with them, not sending an angel, not sending Moses or Joseph from the old tale. No, 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 no. God himself will be with them and be their God. Verse 4, he will wipe every tear. God, not, he's not sending an angel, it's God. He's not sending a preacher, a pastor, a minister. No, 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 no. God, this is heaven we're talking about. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. You say, Pastor, what makes heaven heaven? I'll tell you, it is we will be with God forever. We will spend eternity in God's presence. That is heaven. We will be with God. We will see him face to face. We will behold his beauty. We will be in his presence forever. That is heaven. Heaven. You can have streets of gold, but if God is not there, that's not heaven. You can have a three-story mansion and a basement, and you can have bathrooms on every floor, but if God's not there, that's not heaven. Heaven is heaven because God is there. You say, Pastor, what is hell? Hell is the exact opposite of heaven. People being away from God's presence is what the Bible calls hell. Hell is simply life without God. It's being separated from the presence of God. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 7 says, And so I would say to you, who are suffering, God will give you rest along with us when the Lord Jesus appears. I've been talking to you about that. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. 
when the Lord Jesus appears, suddenly from heaven in flaming fire with his mighty angels, bringing judgment. There's a judgment day. We've been talking about that last week. This week, there's a, there's a judgment day, bringing judgment on those who do not wish, notice this, who do not wish to know God. They've, they've chosen life without God. They, they, don't, they don't want God, do not wish to know God. And who refused to accept his plan to save them through our Lord Jesus Christ. They refused. They just closed the door of their heart. Verse 9, they will be punished in everlasting hell, forever separated from the Lord, never to see the glory of his power. We can't imagine. We can't fathom life without the presence of God. Right now, God's presence is everywhere. The psalmist said in Psalms 139 in verse 7, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. God's presence is everywhere, and yet we see pockets of darkness all around. We see hunger and poverty and disease and violence and murder and addictions, and yet God's presence is still on the earth. Can you imagine what life would be like without God's presence? You see, God is light. If you remove all that God is, it's darkness. God is love. And without the presence of God, you see love and kind deeds and kind acts and kind thoughts, and you remove all that God is, the opposite would be hate. God is a God of peace. And you remove God's presence, you're left with conflict and pain and suffering. You remove all that God is and take away all that He is, you're left with a place called hell, a place without God's presence. There is a a third question that many ask, and the question is, does God want people to go to hell? Does God want people to go to hell. I mean, come on, pastor. He created humanity. Does God want people to go to hell? And I just want to simply do my best to explain to you the heart of God. No one on earth wants people to spend eternity in heaven with God as much as God. No one on earth. God is not some psychotic tyrant that gets a kick out of people going to hell. God is not in heaven, schizophrenic, psychotic, and he just can't wait to look for a technicality to see somebody go to hell. That's not God. God doesn't just look, oh, a technicality. I'm looking, I'm looking. I'm watching you. Oops, you messed up. Pop, hell. <laughs> ah, you messed up. I knew it. I knew you would. But that's how God is oftentimes portrayed. It's like he's this tyrant and he's 
He's just bully, and he's looking. Yo, oh, 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 you better not do that. You better not do that. Oh, you did it. Pow! Hey, you get hell. That's not God. That might be your father-in-law. It might be your mother-in-law. But it's not God. God is not a tyrant. He's not psychotic. He's not looking for a technicality to send people to hell. It's the furthest thing from the truth. Friends, hell was actually created for the devil and his angels. The scripture records in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 41, then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. The devil's ultimate and final destination is the lake of fire. Revelations chapter 20 and verse 10 says, and the devil who deceived them, was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. God wants every single person to go to heaven. That's God's heart. That's his desire. The scripture says in John 3 and verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. God loves you. He loves the world. He loves people. He gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son. Notice this. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, to look for a technicality, to try to just kick people into hell. That's not what God's about. He did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but... To save the world through him. John 16 and verse 8. And when he comes, talking about the Holy Spirit. You see, after Jesus rose from the dead, the reason he had to go and be seated at the right hand of the Father, because it was when he was seated at the right hand of the Father that he could send back the Holy Spirit, the God's presence, God's Spirit to work in the hearts of humanity. And so Jesus, he, over 2,000 years ago, he ascended to the right hand of the Father, and the Holy Spirit came upon the earth. He sent the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, he says, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and the Holy Spirit didn't just convict, but now the one positive thing is he lives inside of believers. But I want you to see his job is just not to live inside of believers, that the Holy Spirit convicts the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. God is wooing as he's done throughout history. He's convicting. He's drawing men and women to himself. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4, please hear this, please hear this, please hear the heart of your heavenly Father. For he longs for all to be saved and to understand this truth. I want you to understand that God longs. It's his yearning. It's his deepest desire for his people, for his children, for humanity to spend eternity in his presence. He longs for all to be saved. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, and the promise the Bible is talking about is Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Time as we know it will cease. 
And it says, listen, he's not patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. The only reason that Jesus has not come back for his church and come back and wrapped up things and we all step into eternity and experience judgment day, the only thing holding God the Father back from sending his son is, listen, 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 he wants everyone to be saved. He wants everyone to be saved. Please hear me. God is doing everything he can to reach people. God sent his son, his only son, to die on the cross because God is doing everything he can to reach people. He sent the Holy Spirit to convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of the coming judgment. God is doing everything he can. He's wooing people through the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. He sent his church to preach the gospel throughout the world. He sent his holy word that to draw men and women to himself. He's even sent television stations and radio stations and technology and the gospel is being spread all throughout the world. God is doing everything he can to reach people. Have you ever heard someone say, you will do that over my dead body? You ever have a parent say that? You'll do that over my dead body body. That's exactly what Jesus says. If you go to hell, you will go over my dead body because I gave my life and I shed my blood for your sins. And not only did I die, but I got up on the third day. And if you choose to close the door of your heart, can I tell you You'll have to walk all the way around the cross to get to hell. Because I'm drawing you and I'm wooing you through creation, through my spirit, through my word. I'm wooing. And if you go to hell, You'll go over my dead body. I love you so much that I came personally and died for your sins. And today, my hope is that you don't close the door of your heart. You may not have all the answers. I don't either. There's a real God who really loves you, who sent his son to die on the cross for your sins, who wants a relationship with you. Would you open the door of your heart and just let him in and just let him minister to you and see the difference that he makes in your life, not just now, but for all of eternity.